gentleman died because he drank some wine. Welcome to Dark Dead Things, a horror and weird fiction podcast. Go to darkdeadthings.com for issues of our magazine, t-shirts, and more. And now, today's episode. Enjoy. Prom Queen Daydream by Chandler Morrison and narrated by Sarai Dives. You're supposed to smile. You know this, but you can't. You can't smile. You're drowning in the applause. When you're presented with the shimmering crown and the long silver scepter, you're not breathing. You wonder if your face is turning blue. You wonder if it's a shade that will clash badly with your dress. The boy next to you, the boy you hate, he's smiling. His face, sculpted so expertly in its angles and lines, is swallowed up by his grin. His teeth are like milk sugar his lips like strawberry lemonade. There's glitter everywhere. It sparkles in the whirling disco lights. A vast, twinkling ocean. Candied snowfall. Broken glass. Applause. So much applause. Coated and peppered with smiles and cheers. You force yourself to breathe. Your breath comes out in a harsh wheeze that's drowned by the clamor. You try to smile. You fail. You try to wave, but you fail at that, too. You can't move. You don't want to be here. You never wanted this. You stood before the mirror earlier this evening, and it told you that you were the fairest of all. It was telling the truth. You knew this, and you hated it. You hated the mirror for saying it. You hated it because it's true and because it won't always be. As you curled your hair and painted rouge on your pursed lips, you knew what was going to happen. They would announce your names, and April Diver and Jake Barnaby would take the stage. You knew he would smile. You knew you wouldn't. You wanted to cry, so you took a Valium because you didn't want to ruin your makeup. You went downstairs and sat on the couch, taking care not to wrinkle your dress. You lit a cigarette, and the whisper of your exhalation was the only sound in the house. No one, save for the mirror, was there to tell you how pretty you looked. No one was there to see you off. Your mother wasn't there to blot her teary eyes and say she can't believe you're all grown up. Your father wasn't there to hug you and kiss your forehead with lips curved melancholically upward. Your brother wasn't there to make an amicably sarcastic remark. No one was there. No one ever was. No one ever is. No matter where you are, no matter who's present or who isn't, you wear the shackles of your solitude. You tell yourself you don't love the chains. You swear you don't shiver in ecstasy at the way they cut into your wrist. The manner in which they jangle is only musical if you allow yourself to listen. Jake arrived in his shining silver Mercedes. You started at the sound of the doorbell and then crushed your cigarette out in the heart-shaped ashtray on the coffee table. Your hand was shaking. 
You did not want to go through with this, but free will is something you only tell yourself is real. He leaned in to kiss you when you opened the door, but you tilted your head to prevent your lips from locking. His mouth lightly brushed your cheek. I forgot the corsage, he said, looking down at his gleaming shoes. I knew you would. You raised your hand to show him the flower on your wrist. It was black. It was dead. You hadn't refrigerated it, and you pretended it was by accident. He opened the car door for you, and you hated him for it. You wished he wouldn't do things like that. You wished he wouldn't do anything at all. You drove in silence. No conversation. No music. You knew he wanted to say something, say anything, but he knew better. His one saving grace. He always knew better. The compliments were a gushing swarm upon your arrival. All the girls clustered around you like headlights. They said all the things they were supposed to say. No one commented on the dead flower. All the boys averted their eyes because they knew they weren't supposed to look. Inside, you drank the obligatory punch, danced the obligatory dances. The Valium made everything hazy enough for you to do all of this without having to think too much about how horrible it was. And then, finally, the announcement. And here you are. Platinum crown upon your platinum hair. Scepter in your limp hand. The applause is apocalyptic. When it's over, you stand smoking in the parking lot, covered in glitter, leaning against Jake's car, staring forlornly at the starless sky. You wish the blackness would swoop down and smother you in its nothingness. You look around at all the laughing young couples sweeping the parking lot, clambering into cars that will take them to beer-soaked parties or sweat-scented bedrooms or hopefully, deadly drunken crashes. You wonder how close you are to what they are. You want to think you're different, but you can't deny that you're all marching to the slow, ominous beat of the same ominous drums. Drums that signify an end that won't come soon enough. Jake appears from somewhere, and with his goofy smile, he says, I've been looking for you. You drop the cigarette and crush it under the long, pointed heel of your sparkly white shoe. I have two, you say. He regards you with his head tilted to the side, chin slightly upturned, eyes narrowed. Huh? Nothing. He drives you home. The silence is the same. When he pulls into your driveway, he kills the ignition and looks at you imploringly. The world tells you that you have a choice at this moment. The world tells you that you can thank him for a good time, get out of the car, and walk alone into the empty house. The world tells you that, as a free and independent woman, you don't have to do anything more than that. And maybe the world is right. Maybe you don't. But none of that matters. It doesn't matter that you invite him inside. It doesn't matter that you lead him upstairs to your bedroom. It doesn't matter that you undress yourselves in awkward silence. It doesn't matter that he watches you as you do, but you look distractedly out the window. 
It doesn't matter that you don't feel anything when he enters you, because you can't feel anything at all. It doesn't matter that he drenches you with his sweat. It doesn't matter that you pretend like you're enjoying it, even though the world tells you with reassurances and hashtags that you don't have to do that either. It doesn't matter that he doesn't know that you're faking. It also doesn't matter that he's not wearing a condom, nor does it matter when he comes inside you. He wants to stay. He wants to lie beside you and stroke your hair. He wants so many things. He wants everything that you cannot give him. None of that matters. You tell him to leave, but that doesn't matter either. It doesn't matter that, as he undresses himself, he looks like he's going to cry. It doesn't matter that you don't see him to the door. It doesn't matter that he was ever there at all. For hours, you lie there, looking up at the ceiling. You lie there until you can't take it anymore. So you get up and go into the bathroom and turn on the shower. You gasp a little when you step beneath the scalding water. And as you stand there, feeling the water glide over your skin in its eternal rivers, you imagine a coat of grime falling off you in thick globs. It slides down your limbs and swirls around the shower drain before being mercifully sucked into the abyssal sewers below. After an unknown length of time, once you feel you've been washed clean, you get out of the shower and dry yourself off. You can already feel the grime beginning to collect again. You've been listening to Dark Dead Things. Go to darkdeadthings.com for more. Thanks, and see you next time.